Hello, welcome to Serenity Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole White, and I'll be your host. This podcast is dedicated to helping you tap into your full potential of how you can heal and balance your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Together, let's explore inner self, connect with our strength, and manifest your true nature, one full of love, purpose, and passion. Welcome to episode 47, Sleep Hygiene. As always, thank you for joining me. I just finished up an amazing retreat and training on psychedelic integration in psychotherapy with Drs. Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman, who are both psychotherapists and researchers in the field. And not only wonderful individuals, but have such a wealth of information. So I'm super grateful for the opportunity to learn with them but also for all the wonderful people I was able to meet and connect with and the yoga and meditation at the Menla Resort in the Catskills in New York. It was just great. So I look forward to continuing to digest all the information and pull it together to share with you. I know I mentioned a few episodes ago I was going to this retreat when I went to the conference on the endocannabinoid system and the use of medical cannabis for mental health. So I'm going to pull some of the information together from these areas as well as a conference I went to in Boston to present some of the findings and research to you guys. So I look forward to that down the line uh, in a few weeks. But for today, let's talk about sleep. Lack of sleep and feeling tired are a common thread many share. I've mentioned a bit about the impact of sleep here and there, but this episode will expand on how sleep affects our health, obstacles we may face, and some tools for developing your sleep hygiene routine. Sleep is as important as air and food. As a society and within ourselves, we can see tiredness all around us. The recommended dose of sleep for adults between the ages of 18 and 64 is 7 to 9 hours. Consistent hours, not taking a nap for 2 hours and then sleeping 5 hours later. The consistent hours allow us to get into that REM sleep cycle, that deeper sleep cycle where the things I'm going to talk about happen. When we're sleep deprived, on the surface, we might recognize how this impacts us. With increased tiredness, feeling slowed down physically and mentally, with more physical exhaustion, more mental fogginess, more mistakes or difficulty with memory recall, even increases in injuries and accidents. We can also notice our mood changes with lower frustration tolerance, and increases in anxiety and depression. There's also a lot more happening when we deprive ourselves of sleep. During our deep sleep cycles, our internal systems are clocked in for work. Our brain is processing and digesting information, transferring information learned from our hippocampus to our our neocortex our long-term memory hangs out. Sleep deprivation also compromises our immune system, 
It weakens the defense cycle there. It's tired just like we're tired. So it has a decreased ability to fight off those viruses and things like the cold and flu. I know here in Pennsylvania, we're deep in the flu season. So compromising our immune system through sleep deprivation can make us more prone to get ill. With chronic sleep deprivation, our insulin, which lowers our blood sugar, is also impacted. It creates a cycle where we have an increase in the release of insulin when eating, which promotes fat storage and increases the risk for type 2 diabetes. A lack of sleep also throws our digestion out of whack. Specifically our peptides, among other things. But leptin, which signals when we've had enough to eat, and ghrelin, which is an appetite stimulant. When we have a lack of sleep, our leptin decreases and our ghrelin increases which also increases our cravings for carbs and fats. We'll often have an increase in inflammation, and our central nervous system is compromised, which is how our body sends information. Many hormones depend on sleep for production. The growth hormone is one example. Sleep is necessary for the production. This hormone not only is about growth and height, it also develops muscle mass, thickness of skin, strengthens our bones, and repairs tissues. Our cortisol, which is our stress hormone, has an increase in release when we're sleep-deprived. This breaks down our skin collagen, which increases wrinkles, bags under our eyes, and that puffiness. But also, you might remember hearing about the cortisol in other episodes related to that full body system, our inflammation, our adrenals, as well as that anxious mind cycle that we can get into and how an increase in the release of cortisol is going to further activate that as well. In addition, those other emotional impacts that sleep deprivation has with increased frustration, anxiety, depression, lower impulse control, and even increases in paranoia. It's important to keep in mind this balance of hours between the hours of 7 and 9 being ideal. For example, with depression, a disturbance in sleep cycles is often an initial sign of depressive symptoms. But with depression, we can tend to want to oversleep, kind of sleep life away. And we don't want to get into a mindset of, oh, look at all these things that are happening though when I'm sleeping. So therefore, if I'm sleeping 12 hours, well, aren't I processing information further and my hormones getting developed, but that is not the case. It causes its own cycle of disruption. With the foggy mind, motivation, difficulty with judgmental mind, and 
critical language that comes in in terms of view of self and perception, but also we're not balancing the full system. It impacts our nutrition and digestion, our physical activity, our engagement with light in the daylight, so balancing the full system when we're oversleeping. So seven to nine hours and trying to get within that window. And our overall balance and coordination can be off kilter with sleep deprivation, creating more mistakes, injuries, accidents, and even at times dangerous and tragic car accidents. We micro sleep where we'll fall asleep and not even realize we're falling asleep until we get that startle awake response. You might have had it happen when you're sitting in a classroom and you fall asleep or in a meeting or at your desk. But sometimes also there's other careers that have high pressure that is placed on individuals to create a sleep deprivation cycle, often creating long, exhausting work hours and leading to increased mistakes and injuries. And at times some of these positions are also impacting safety of others. So sleep deprivation can create this micro-sleeping, which can create dangerous mistakes and injury. Studies are also showing that chronic sleep deprivation increases your risk for heart disease, as well as mortality rates. Even as we know all of this, Even if we're connected to the awareness of some of those surface things I mentioned, we can still create our own survival pattern. We'll get sleep deprived, wake up tired, go through our day, filling our body with caffeine, sometimes even into the evening, which then further disrupts our sleep. And then we wake up again tired, caffeinate ourselves, and continue to repeat the cycle, our survival pattern. We may even try to fool ourselves that we're adjusted just fine to sleeping less. We do fine with five hours of sleep, but most often mental alertness and performance measures show different results. In addition, all those things I just mentioned are still happening within you even if mentally you think you're doing just fine. With all this information and readiness and even desire to have a more balanced sleep, we can often still face obstacles that get in our way. Pressure of time, thinking our plate is too full and we're too overwhelmed, don't have the time, to maximize this amount of sleep that would be healthy for us. Maybe in a procrastination cycle where we further increase this pressure of time because now we have to pull an all-nighter because it's due tomorrow morning. Or perhaps our mind starts racing and we just have too much to think about to be able to fall asleep. Or we can't quite get comfortable and find the right position or temperature where there's noise or light distraction. Or we might even let ourselves get sucked into something else 
like reading or watching something or getting on our phone. Developing a sleep hygiene routine can help you get into the rhythm of sleep your mind and body desires. Some considerations to help you move this direction first have to do with your everyday daytime routine. Something to be mindful of is how often, how much, and at what time till you are drinking caffeine. So trying to limit some of your caffeine intake, potentially, if that's something that is needed for you, but also trying to avoid caffeine four to six hours before you're going to go to sleep. incorporating at least 30 minutes of exercise in your day and movement. It doesn't have to mean going to a gym. Movement and exercise can mean a lot of things. Just taking short walks, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, you know, finding ways for 30 minutes of movement in your day. Getting some daylight to help balance the mind and the body. At times, this can be hard for people who do shift work or if their jobs don't align with getting out into the daylight. So if that applies to you, you might have to get creative and think of how to readjust your schedule a little in order to get some daylight into your life if it's not something that automatically fits into your life's current routine. Being mindful in your day of the stress that you download those things we pocket, put in our backpack, overfill our plate with, creating stress and overwhelm. Spend some time examining these cycles, patterns, and areas that contribute to overwhelm, stress, or procrastination. But do this examination during the day, not in the evening when you're trying to unwind and go to sleep. Avoid heavy meals at least two to three hours before going to bed so your body can digest. It doesn't create all this disruption in the digestive system and heartburn and all the other things that can get created if we don't give our body time to digest the food we put in. Coming up with some consistency of going to bed and waking up at the same time. And also creating a comfort zone, getting blankets and pillows, comfy clothes or no clothes, whatever feels right for you, the right temperature. Ideally, they say between 60 to 65 degrees is great for sleeping if that's possible for you. And with the noise and light, potentially getting a white noise machine to help block out disturbing noises that might come through with cars and things like that, maybe a train by you, whatever it is for you. And also maybe some dark curtains if light creeps in and disturbs your sleep. Being mindful of napping, and if you feel that you need a nap, limiting it to 20 to 30 minutes is the ideal amount of nap time. Anything over that creates some disturbance. And then as you lead up to the hour before going to bed, 
That's really this maximum area of sleep hygiene. How we want to design that hour before bed to indicate relaxation and an unwind. You want to try to limit or avoid technology. Really try to not have your phone in the bedroom, being on social media. We're getting sucked in down these rabbit holes of time sucking. (laughs) Not to mention the whole blue light thing with the melatonin production and your pineal gland and the light and technology and what it does to that development and production and the body's natural ability to fall asleep. Keeping that in mind also in terms of television in your bedroom. It has its own pocket of reasons to consider not having it, but I'll just focus on the sleep part and maybe trying to practice falling asleep without the TV. That might sound like way extreme for some of you, but just trying to practice and you might have to incorporate some of these other things to feel more relaxed and in rhythm and it will take practice and patience. It doesn't mean automatically it's going to feel great. Be mindful if you're reading and if it maybe overactivating your mind and making it more difficult to fall asleep and also the content of what you're reading and if it leads to disturbed sleep sleep cycles you can consider a warm bath or shower to help calm down the nervous system and get you into a relaxed state if that is relaxing for you a meditation maybe a guided sleep relaxation some breath or body relaxation techniques. There's yoga postures that you can do for relaxation. If you get on YouTube or I guess do yoga with me, there's another website that has free yoga that you can put in there, you know, yoga for sleep or body positions that help with relaxation. So those might be part of your sleep hygiene routine this hour before trying to go to bed. Also, trying to maybe avoid alcohol before bed. Often people think that alcohol helps them fall asleep, but halfway through the sleep sleep cycle, it will increase sleep disturbance as your body is trying to process. And then also maybe limiting your water intake before bed, as often it will disturb sleep cycles because people have to get up to go to the bathroom. So being mindful of what your hour before bed looks like, how you can support and signify to your whole body system that it is time to unwind, time to relax, and get some good sleep. This will all take practice and patience. You might still find resistance. In quieting the mind, if that's a challenge, you can practice that mind dump where you have that piece of paper next to your bed. And then if your mind keeps recycling and trying to go through things, jot it down on that piece of paper. So it gives your mind that real permission to not have to keep recycling it, that you can think about it in the morning because you won't forget. It's written down. Potentially some guided sleep meditations or practicing progressive relaxation. I think it's the rest, restore, maybe episode 
that talks about progressive relaxation. And I think it's like a 10 minute uh, experience I take you through, maybe shorter than that, but that might be helpful just to remind you of what progressive relaxation is and getting connected. You can also connect to your breath. So being the observer, noticing that thought come in, allowing it to float away and connecting back to breath, the experience and flow of your breathing and that natural rhythm cycle. You can also use counting. Many of us have heard about counting sheep, but count your breath. Count each inhale and each exhale as a way to calm the mind and connect to the body and relaxation. Be patient and be kind. Allow yourself some time and patience to get into this rhythm. And as you begin to practice this sleep hygiene routine, you may find yourself getting more relaxed and able to have a healthy, balanced relationship with sleep. Thank you for joining me. I hope you find this helpful and that you are able to get a good sleep. I look forward to talking with you again soon. I'll try to put together a sleep meditation here, hopefully in the next few days, and I'll pop that on here for you guys too. So thank you. Have a great one and be sure to check us out online if you want to see what we've got going on at Serenity. Talk to you soon.